The Nastorious Public Radio Show. That's right. Welcome. You're listening live to the Nastorious Public Radio Show on skidrowstudios.com. If you're awake, you're in your underwear, in your living room, eating rice cakes with soy milk, give us a call. 1-800-893-9562. Do it. It's good for you. I am your host, Nestor Rodriguez, a.k.a. Ne- Nestorious. <laughs> that's, that's my man, Simon Motherfucking Kaufman. Yes, folks, that's right. That's right. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Skid Row Studios. That's a dot com. That's a check, listen live every Thursday, 9 p.m. for me and my man, Nesta Rodriguez that's and right. Rich Corbin, everybody. That's right. Thank you. That's thank right. You. Listen live. Listen live. And Rich. What's you? up, baby? Hey, man. Hey, what's up, everybody? How AKA you doing out there? A.K.A. Louie. Louis C.K. <laughs> Motherfucker looks like Louis C.K. Uh, yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, welcome to another episode of uh, Nestorious Public Radio. I believe this is what? Episode 10, I believe? Episode 10. This is like the Ten Commandments. This you know, the Ten Statutes. The Episode X. This is Episode 10. Uh, the Lord of the Sith. That's, uh, that's, well, let's that's, recap. That's, what do we yeah. had up to this point? We've had uh, uh, Dennis Quaid interview. We've had Michael Chiklis. Michael We've had Chiklis. who else? We had Jack McGee. Jack McGee. We're we gonna have, have Crash, we, the famed Crash. Uh, my 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 uh, good friend of mine, graffiti artist. We're gonna have uh, 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 one of our upcoming shows, Mason Pryor, Richard Pryor's son. That's gonna that's be dope. right. We got him coming up. Yep, that's gonna be dope. Um, shit like that. We're gonna be kicking it. That's right. Tonight we're gonna be talking about. Breweries, the uh, outrageous amount of breweries in America since the 1800s, drunk driving, Toronto's mayor on crack, what? And in Detroit, motherfuckers are meeting their payroll with crack, huh? Happy prostitute ads in Brazil, a cure for the wondering eye for those that uh, can't keep their necks straight from watching jiggling asses as they walk by. We're also going to talk about food issues, uh, bacteria that's good for you, Taco Bell employees that are licking taco shells, uh, Chinese firms that are going to buy uh, an American pork company, uh, and then we're going to talk about their arrest for uh, dealing in fake meat. And also part two of the crash interview. That's right, baby. America has more breweries than at any time since the 1880s. The number of brewery permits spiked 19% last year to 2,751, with the biggest increases in California and Texas. Great. Two of the states that require people to drive the most. Right? Yeah. But, uh, all but seven states gained breweries, uh, while just four, including New Jersey, lost one or more. That's from Bloomberg.com. Uh, which leads us up to uh, drunk driving, uh, an article uh, that says how much... It's too much. Uh, should it be a crime to have one more for the road? Asked Ashley Halsey the third. Thank you, Washington. Ashley, for starting that discussion, by the way. Yeah, and, We're going to continue it. Yeah, yeah, in the Washington Post. The National Transportation Safety Board has suggested lowering the legal threshold for drunk driving from its current blood alcohol level of 0.08% to 0.05. And this is what it translates to. A 160-pound man could reach uh, a 0.05 with a single martini or two beers if consumed quickly. Yes. The while... While... A 120-pound woman could get there with just one beer or a glass of wine. Yes. A 140-pound man could get to .05 by smelling the armpits of a drunk person. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Fast, if he does it fast. Who's the people? What's the name of the organization that said that they should go to .05? .05. That means that if you had alcohol last 4th of July... And you get in a car. <laughs> <laughs> that means that means if you blow your boyfriend and there's some alcohol residue yeah. Yeah. on his ball sack, yeah. like within minutes, you're going to come out drinking. So after you finish swallowing, you're going to get in your car and you're going to blow a .5 and you're going to get arrested. Yeah. If you sucked off an Irishman or a Puerto Rican during the Puerto Rican Day Parade oh, oh, at the end of it, <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you could actually be pulled over. 
Well, okay, well, th- your question. The National Transportation Safety Board, that's who suggested na- this. Okay, w- uh, my suggestion is that the National Transportation Safety Board should blow each one of us. But check it. And drive afterwards home. But check it, but check it. These are the, f- these are the numbers. The federal agency says efforts to prevent drunken driving deaths have stalled at about 10,000 a year. And reducing the legal level to 0.05, the limit in most countries, would significantly reduce crashes and deaths. Wait, you might think, you might think you're fine to drive. Let me just finish this one sentence. You might think you're fine to drive after two or three beers, said the New York Daily News. But research shows that even at 0.05, drivers are 38% more likely to get involved in a crash. One study says the uh, the lower limit could save more than 500 lives a year. Who cares? 500. 500. Think about, so you're saying 10,000 people a year die of, from drunk driving is what that said, or that, 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 I, I, I believe what it says is that it's it. That's what it's. That's what they've gotten it down to. Eh, Ten thousand. They're year. doing good. Stop there. But yeah, they'll, they'll say five. They'll say five hundred dollars or five hundred uh, lives a year, and they'll make five million dollars a fucking month in extra because yeah, you know it, that's that's the deal. See, see my, my my whole thing on 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 that is that we're in a car culture, especially here in California. So in a car culture, I don't think if you are the little bit inebriated, you shouldn't get behind the wheel, right. okay? Because the slightest amount of intoxication, the slightest amount, right? Drunk is subjective, right? I'm not drunk. I'm okay, you know? Maybe you're not, right. you know what I mean? But your ability to make decisions is impaired. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It's impaired somewhat, slightly, even if it's a little bit. Yeah, uh, and, and well, here's the thing, though. You got these people driving around with their fucking double tall macchiatos and these big yeah. SUVs that they don't even know how to fucking drive. Their ability is already impaired by driving got with it. a cup in their fucking got hand. It. Now you get a you get a ticket for having a cell phone got in your it. hand, but you won't get a ticket for having a fucking Starbucks in your hand. Well, we're not talking or, about, or will you? I mean, no. Well, we're not talking about macchiatos. I know it, I know it we're changes the subject. No, on no, that, no, no, but. no. It doesn't. It doesn't because the argument could be said. How alert are you at six o'clock in the morning? You're worse than if you were yeah. drunk at three o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. I, I've been the world geeked out on a fucking Red Bull, well, and, and 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 now you're now you're like hyperactive or hyper aware or whatever. I don't know. You just want to get through that fucking light because you're so amped up, and then you T-bone a fucking car well, well, because you're a, all well, geeked out. Deal. In many states, insurance companies will deem you responsible for an accident if they find a coffee cup or something of that effect in your car. Which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I've been in an accident. Okay, and and all of it is valid. I'm on the 101 freeway. For a millisecond, I just turn over, turn to the to the left, not wholeheartedly without my eyes on the road, to get my cup of coffee. As I sip it, a car in front of me cold stops. All it takes is a millisecond. I'm telling you. Yeah. And 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 that's it. So that could be your radio. Maybe you were driving on .5 radio. You know, in your blood or something. You know, I mean, you're changing the channel on something. It could happen to anything. They're just trying to find another way, another another way to suck more money out of people. Do you know know why they call them accidents? Um, yeah, they, because people are fucking like, drinking coffee yeah. cups and they cut in no, front of you. Because they're like, just accidents. Yeah, and they here's act the thing. like that. Here, here's not the what thing. the word is. Here's the thing. You talk about being impaired to drive and make decisions when you're drunk. I've had ex-girlfriends that I've dated, college-educated, fully functioning adults who are incapable of driving just because they're fucking morons. Okay? <laughs> I mean, every day in this country... Scores of driver's license are handed out to skinny, dumb chicks in suburban areas, yeah. okay? Skinny, dumb, white chicks are <laughs> all over the roads, okay? I've seen some skinny, oh dumb, God. black chicks, too. Okay. Oh, my God, know, I haven't had no, anything but, but all day. I'm going to get behind a wheel. I think no, I just hold threw hold up my lunch. Pick up Chrissy for cheerleading practice. Hold, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Fuck They're fucking you. faded on. from not eating all day. At the end yeah. of the day. I had a Ritz cracker. <laughs> at the end of the day, we were talking about this earlier. It always comes down to this, responsibility, okay? Always comes down to responsibility. And, and at the end of the day, it comes down to this. If... You are not responsible, then you can't do it. And let me tell you something. When people drink or when they text or when they're drinking lattes and they get on the road, anything that you do that will take the focus away from driving, which all of us, 
all of us are guilty of. All of us. We're in, even if you don't do any of that stuff and you're just driving, all the damn electronic neon signs that are all over the place, there's so many fucking distractions that you. the point is you don't need anything else. Right. You are supposed to drive your car while drinking coffee, listening to the radio, <laughs> and talking on the phone. Do you know why? Can I prove it? Go ahead. Because the person that made the car... Put a radio, a phone outlet, <laughs> and, a and a coffee holder. cup holder. Right. Yeah. That fucking says to me, part of my language, that this car what? is meant what? to be driven. Part of your language? This uh, car you should be fucking sorry. What the fuck are you talking about? Drinking coffee because I put a coffee cup holder there. This is the Nestorious motherfucking public radio show. So what's wrong guess, with you? If they put a blow-up doll. This is I the say, motherfucking oh, Nestorious public to- radio show. <laughs> person to ask about drunk driving because i've been drunk driving since i was 14 okay here you know what the solution is what? No bullshit you capital dr- punishment no 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 this is my solution they should have like either on and off drunk driving days so tuesdays anyone who wants to get fucked up out of their mind let yeah. them drive the rest of us we stay off the front right. you public service announcement public service if you're either, on the road today don't forget either that either it's- that it's have, 1.0 driving limit. Right. Either that or have one fucked up drunk driving lane. Just <laughs> right. have, you know, like a speed pass lane. Let them drive in one lane. And if you get caught in another yeah. lane while you're drunk, not only do you get arrested, but you get beat the fuck up by everybody else who's yeah. on the freeway. Yeah, and put bumper rails on it. Right. Big up for bumper rails on the freeway for your drunk driving motherfuckers. Yeah, but check this out, though. You're in Los Angeles. You go out to dinner for the night. We're in Los Angeles. You're, okay. No, listen. You're in a heavily populated area. You pay for your meter. You go inside or you park it in your lot. You walk in. You have a couple glasses. You walk out. You say goodbye to your friends. And you're like, I'm too, I think maybe I'm too drunk to drive. What do you do? This is the thing that no one talks about. What are you supposed to do, dude? You can't leave your car there. Why not? Because it's going to get towed. So then you get somebody who can drive who's not drunk and you have them move it somewhere. Okay. So you walk up to a strip. Random homeless person at the bus stop. Okay, 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 okay. You know what? Okay, no, 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 no. Stop there. Stop there. Again, (laughs) again. You're gonna go back to responsibility. Here's the deal. I used to get high. I used to sniff large quantities of cocaine. This is for all you young fucks that want to know how to do it. I used to smoke. I sold crack. I used to smoke crack. I smoked angel dust. I smoked angel dust laced with crack. But check it out. When I did it. The following public service announcement. No, when I did it, I didn't have anywhere to go. It was just like that was it. I was hanging out in the shack and getting fucked up out of my mind. You understand? I wasn't going to get behind the wheel. I wasn't going to go in front of any police. I wasn't going to do anything. Thing, but I was going to dedicate the rest of the weekend to getting fucked up. You understand? So if you want to do that, right, mm-hmm. and you're planning on getting drunk and you're planning on getting blistered out of your mind, there's nothing wrong with it. Just make sure. You just have to be responsible. Make sure that you do it in a place where you're not going to involve anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's the, at the end of the day. But there's a, there, some, some would argue there's a difference between alcohol and angel dust. Uh, <laughs> no. no, not really. Some might make that. Not no, really. I'm not saying really. you're not going to go to a restaurant to smoke angel dust. No, but, but, but if you're going to, put it this way, if you're going to plan on getting blasted out of your mind, which, which in yeah. your example, okay. the person maybe wasn't planning on it, in yeah. which case she's probably an alcoholic, because usually alcoholics go out thinking they're just going to have one. Next thing you know, they wake up on a transcontinental flight somewhere <laughs> else that they weren't planning on going to be on. Yeah. All right, all right. Real quick, how about a solution like this? And this isn't funny or anything, and it's a little bit, a little bit too, might be too a little too practical for funny. NPR. Hey, but listen, Nick, it's but not listen. funny. Turn off his mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll do it myself. Yeah. No, listen. What if? What if? What's the big deal? Like you, you, you can't leave your car anywhere, right? So where's your car parked? On the street, at the valet, or something? So maybe the restaurant that 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 served you too much, or that you you drank too much at the restaurant, gives you a little voucher, and they.
they blow, you know, make you blow in their little machine that they have there, and then they give you a little ticket, and you put that in your dashboard, and then you get a pass to park your car There's until no the passes. next day. This is Los Angeles. They want your money. They're coming for your soul. They They really want. There's there are ways to really solve the problem, but they don't want to because it's it's a lot. It's there's more money coming in by giving you tickets and getting DUIs than by actually solving the problem. If somebody gets arrested for DWI, hurt somebody, or kill somebody, and they left your establishment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, this was going to get in trouble. Oh, the establishment. There you go. This the the bartender or the waiter who sold them. Responsibility to the establishment. Five hundred lives might be lost because because it's never the responsibility of the person who's drinking anymore. Right, because right. we that's we, what I'm saying. That's we what I'm have saying. no we have no individual rights anymore because we have no individual responsibilities anymore. Well, we Everybody expects these things. Yeah, exactly. No longer, it always comes back. Yeah. yeah it yeah, always comes right. back to how when you lose one thing, you know, you lose everything. Right. Which means, which makes Listen. no sense. It makes a lot of sense. It you kick some sense. of your old school knowledge on what to do if you're getting blasted on a weekend. I'm going to kick you some of my old school knowledge about how to drive drunk. It was like the ninth, eighth or ninth, no, it was probably like ninth or tenth grade. And we had for our health class to go down to an AA meeting. Right. As part of our I health class. I could have taken you to one. I think you were actually sponsoring that meeting. You <laughs> 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 the guest speaker. I could have taken you to one. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to go to class that day. Yeah, and Lester was very kind. He sent out the pamphlets and cookies <laughs> towards the back. <laughs> I made uh, the coffee that day. And so we're sitting there, and this one guy, they're all sharing their stories. And this one guy said, he's like, man, I drove drunk for years, and I never got caught because I just drove the speed limit. Right. And we turned and we looked at each other and we're like, that's genius. If you're going to drive drunk, drive the speed limit. Right. Don't talk on your cell phone. Use right. your turn signals. Right. Be alert. Right. Use your mirrors. And you can drive drunk. Right. I've been doing this since I was then, 14 years yeah, old. Yeah, and then you'll be uh, mis- mistaken for, for, for an illegal Mexican because that's how they drive. Because <laughs> they're driving with both hands on the steering wheel, speed limit, yeah. no cell phone, no, no fucking coffee. Yeah. So, so like doing like one, one, one mile below the speed limit so as to not stand out. Guess that's what? That's how you have to drive. Guess what? If you're in Southern California, what's the speed limit in Southern California, Rich? Uh, 65. 65 if you're on the fucking 101. 65. 65 generally, yeah, for the most part. part. Mm -hmm. What is the average speed that people do in California and Southern California? 80. 80, 80, 85, at least 80 is is the minimum average. Yeah. So if you're going to be doing 65 or 60 on the freeway, like some fucking retards out there, you're either drunk, you're either fucking trying to evade the, uh, the INS or you're fucking got your head up your ass. Okay. Cause no one drives the speed limit. Right. You're going to stick out. You're going to stick out like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. Trust me. And when you have cars passing you on your right or like moving around you to get, which happens a lot, you know what I mean? Anyway, listen. This is going to be it with this. If you're drinking and driving, be responsible, okay? At the end of the day, be responsible. Take responsibility for your action. Again, if you are planning on getting wasted, right, usually you plan, right? You plan for a vacation, right? Yeah, you plan, plan for, for the night. If you're going to plan to get wasted, plan who's going to take you home, where you're going to go, where you're going to park your car, are you going to drive there, plan it. Don't fucking wake up with eight cocks in your mouth and a blackout, not knowing where you're going, what's going on, and find out you killed somebody. Such a weight lifted when you know you're going out and you have a ride home or you just don't have your car, and you'll get home somehow, trust me. L.A. is spread out, but... It's right. just you could get as shitty as possible if you right. you know, and then and then there's no guilt. You it's guilt free drinking. Yeah, yeah. and, and if enhance any, your enhance your stupidity. Yeah. yeah, and you know if any of our listeners out there are ever like feeling like they're in a predicament where you know they don't want to drive, but they they they're, they're thinking about driving drunk. You know, just man the fuck up, take some breath mints, and do it. Call me. <laughs> call me. What you do is a week before you're gonna do it. Call one eight hundred eight nine three nine five six two on a Thursday night. Call me. Yeah. I'll come pick you up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's going to be great. Nestor pulling up to, like, where she say this was? Pulls up some, like, some prostitute missing a leg. I'll come pick you up. <laughs> yeah. Nestor will come pick you up. That's what you want. That'll be yeah. great. Yeah. You get in the car. So, how'd you lose your eye? That's great. <laughs> anyway, we're going to move on really, really quick. Crack. Crack smoke is back. <laughs> Just want to let y'all know, crack ain't whack. Crack-
crack is back. Toronto's mayor has been accused of smoking crack. Anybody, anybody up on this? Have you seen his picture? Look at him. He's scratching his neck as if he has fleas. He's like, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, he's, I didn't he's know this bugs. was He's got bed bugs. He was actually, he was yeah. taking it because he had bed bugs. Yeah. And we have it, seen, we have seen a cell phone video of what looks very much like Toronto Mayor Rob Ford smoking crack, said Robin Doolittle and Kevin Donovan in the Toronto Star. After a source tipped us off last month, we met a Somali drug dealer who played us the video three times. While we have no way to uh, authenticate the video, what do you got to authenticate? If the guy's smoking crack in the video, he's smoking crack. Uh, I don't know. I bought some real unauthentic uh, videos from Somali drug dealers on subways in New York City. It's unbelievable. And then in Detroit, we're going to keep going back to Detroit. Detroit Detroit has, has a lot of stuff going on, which is crazy. But in Detroit, the owner of Big C's Tire Shop in Detroit, right? Kevin Dietz. Detroit. Uh, Troy, Troy, Troy. Right, right. right. Uh, Kevin Dietz from Big C's. Yeah. Federal prosecutors have shut down Big C's Tire Shop, a tire store on Detroit's east side, after discovering that its owner was allegedly paying his employees with crack rocks instead of paychecks. <laughs> free enterprise. <laughs> it's a free enterprise system. And he's, uh, Big C's tire shop is merely taking advantage of, uh, of uh, what our forefathers created. I personally, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything that's wrong. It, that's his business. It's big C. You know, if, if I'm an employee and my boss says, look, I can give you cash, and out of that cash in a check, you're going to have to pay 33% of that to the government, or if you want, I can get you, you know, all the rice and milk and anything you want for your family that's worth up to that, you know, paycheck. of rice and milk, just crack. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is that you need, right? Sure. That should be up to you. Yeah. Right? It's a barter system. Right. Yeah. It's they're going to buy system. it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're going to spend their paycheck on that, so you might as well cut the middleman. Let me tell you something. And they work so then, good. Then we, they don't have to go out, get be in, and in danger of dealing with the dealer and all that stuff. You're just me, helping them out. Let me tell you something. You're, the you're real issue. Out on danger. Yeah. The real issue is that tax money. Because in addition to that, officials caught on to the crack payment plan after. Tracking $140,000 in bogus paychecks to the tire shop, where they also found laser printers, blank IDs, and stock paper for checks. Neighbors, including a senior living center across the street that houses more, <laughs> houses more than 100 retirees, are hoping the drug bust will make the neighborhood safer. Yeah. Investigators, meanwhile, said they wouldn't change they wouldn't charge Big C's owner with a drug with drug charges because the evidence is stronger for the counterfeit check case, which carries a harsher penalty. Could you imagine this shit? And they work so good when they're when they want crack. You anyway. know, they really do the tires really well the way they you know What are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> in Brazil. In Brazil. This is I just went in Brazil. In Brazil. Brazil yo. Brazil. Brazil. The caring country. I'm on a website looking at some photos of some fucking shriveled up, hacked up Brazilian hookers. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, no, basically. That never downloads viruses. No, basically, they, the Brazil took down, they pulled down these prostitute ads, right? Uh, and they got huge backlash for promoting prostitution. But did you see the photos? Did you see the photos? Well, prostitution is legal. That's one thing we got to let the listeners prostitution know. Prostitution is legal in is, Brazil. Yeah. And right. for the for the most part, these posters were about promoting uh, safety. For instance, one of the one of the campaigns says. Which means I'm very happy being a prostitute in in uh, in Brasileiro. Yeah, so right? they put some prostitute... Si I mean, I don't understand what the point of that was. What do you think they were trying to do? Well, June 2nd is International Day of Prostitutes. So they have these... <laughs> that, beats the that beats the shit out of Secretary Day. No, I can't believe I missed it. That was two days ago? No, what I'm saying Man, is... all the fun holidays. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the second the second poster says, 
Um, I cannot be seen without a condom, my love. But here's the thing. Both of these prostitutes, they I swear to God, I'd fuck a homeless guy before I'd have sex with either of these two women. The, the campaign with the prostitutes, they were trying to go ahead and uh, promote safety, condom safety, all that sorts of stuff. Uh, but people got out uh, mad. It was kind of a little bit of a backlash. I believe some of it was from some religious groups that, that were upset. What kind of people are not using condoms with prostitutes? Like, well, what kind of people are that? I mean, is, is this that people don't know pe- about it? The people who already have diseases. <laughs> and they don't give a fuck Ooh, anymore. That's brutal, though. Anyway, the other thing in the news that came up uh, this week, which is a little disgusting, is uh, um, the Taco Bell employee licking the tacos. I love how we go from Brazilian prostitute to more disgusting. Well, that's it's just licking really... tacos and licking tacos. Yeah. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I guess but you had a point. How'd you get herpes? Uh, my taco. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, basically, a Taco Bell employee's social media post of a photo of him licking a stack of empty taco shells has set off a PR mess. Uh, here's a Taco Bell employee who was thinking a bit outside the bun. <laughs> on Monday, <laughs> on Monday the consumerist, the blog that's a, a subsidiary of Consumer Reports, posted a hard-to-swallow photo of a Taco Bell employee holding a long stack of about 25 empty taco shells while licking them with his long tongue fully exposed. Where did this, where did this take place, do we know? They won't uh, say. I think this was in Texas, no? Of course it was, because i tell you why. This is what happens when you don't have se- healthy outlets for children to engage and, and explore you know in, in sexual manners this is when they can't go out and have dances and you know the kid's like 15 16 he's never had a chance to be with the woman next thing you know he's licking tacos it's 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 crazy and, and then, then they post it then they post it to their facebook that's the ridiculous thing you know i mean <laughs> you know what? anybody who does anything like that and posts their shit to facebook gets deserves everything they yeah. Yeah, like twice the, the the fine or whatever the punishment should be just doubled out of out of plain yeah. stupidity. Yeah. I drove drunk tonight and run over a bicyclist. Then you should just get the death penalty because you, you're obviously not smart enough to make it in this society. Yeah, I mean, for, come on, when you're doing shit like that, you're right. gonna kill somebody out of your own stupidity. Yeah, for all you children out there that were born in the political correct world that never had a chance to learn anything about the real world, um, you don't put crime. <laughs> online. Okay. Next thing That's I want to mention. Slogan. Yeah, you don't, don't put, put crime your crime on, online. Online, fuckface. <laughs> and the other thing is, they're like, oh my god, I can't believe my employee Taco Bell worker would act in such a manner. Why not? Where do you think they're hiring these people? Like, what do you think they're doing? Lining outside the halls of uh, of Cornell to grab these kids to come out? <laughs> they're not I mean, coming out of church. Yeah, they're, they're coming yeah. out of MIT. Uh, 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 you know. Uh, Campus uh, there is booths? No. These fuck... You're hiring... It's 90% people with no conscience. You're hiring stupid people. You're hiring the... Des- Not only are they stupid people, they're the descendants of stupid people. But don't you piss them off, too. You can stupidity back in their family for generations. Like, these are the people you're dealing with. They're young kids. Like... Let the kid lick a taco. Like, no harm, no foul. I mean, come on. <laughs> lick a he doesn't taco. get out much. His, he has the genetic makeup of, like, tapioca pudding. Like, what's he going to do in his life? Actually, the guy the guy's from Irvine, California. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, his family was really excited when he got the job. They had yeah. a picnic. I mean, yeah, fuck it. Lick a taco. Uh, Look, if you ask around, you're at a party or you're, you're sitting around, you're at, you ask around anybody who's worked fast food when they were younger, they'll tell you stories of what they did or something. Somebody else that they witness you have that just to. just completely ask around and you'll never fucking eat out again because it's just gotten worse because the bar keeps getting raised. You know, you see somebody peeing in the ice machine or fucking doing something like that. There's somebody that's gonna try and outdo him. Yeah, you're gonna get your fucking burger like slathered all over. You know, they're nuts and they, you know. But the best thing you can do if you're gonna do that is just be fucking nice and cool at the drive-through because they are just looking for any reason to adulterate your food. You're yeah. gonna get some ass hairs in your shit. If you're a dick. Yeah, I used you're- to work at this restaurant uh, in downtown Seattle, and I was, like, bartending. And and I used after work, when we shut down the place, I used to bed one of the cocktail waitresses over Table 11. Oh, yeah. And that was, like, always the joke, like, <laughs> you want to meet me at Table 11 tonight? Because the cameras couldn't catch it. And so, um, yeah. That was a clean table. If you table. ate at Table 11, I'm not going to mention the place, but there's a good chance. <laughs> You know, that's there's a lot of yeah. a lot of lot of ass sweat on that table. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> lot of good. Lot of, and you're then, gonna get a good 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 amount of flora fauna in your meal that way. That is yeah, hilarious. you know. 
So, um, <clears throat> moving on with the uh, disgusting uh, uh, food stuff. Um, Taco Bell isn't the only fast food establishment that uh, these kids were doing. There's photos of this one kid. There was someone peeing in a bowl? A, t- yeah, yeah. P- p- yeah, taking a bath. In, in 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 the in the dishwashing uh uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> you know, taking a bath taking a bath in the fucking dishwashing thing of uh of That's the Burger sweet. King and <laughs> Well there was another one where somebody was standing in the big uh hey, plastic bin of shredded password? lettuce for your burgers. Oh, where was that? That was that was about a year ago. They were standing there, they took pictures of that. That was one of the first ones that came out. So we I've have had so many I mean I've worked so many shit jobs that I have so many fun stories from them. I oh, remember yeah. I was working in Miami at Starbucks when I was living in Miami and uh it was this place that was just packed out like I think I want to say it was the Grove area in Miami and like on a Friday night it was just the line out the door hum- crazy so you're so stressed there's everything going on at once you the garbage cans were would overflow onto the floor because we did not have time to go change the garbage cans it's just more kids coming and more people coming and more moms and in Miami they don't know how to order Starbucks you know they come up and they order like one espresso well okay well we changed the whole way coffee was done so and they don't get it. You know, they think they're ordering like Cuban coffee and shit yeah, like right. that. Yeah. So the only thing we do to pass the time was we would just get liquor, rum, and like pour it in the drinks. And we just get plastered, you know, fun times like that. You, dude, yeah. we were just drunk as shit, serving up your Starbucks coffee, hanging out. Well, the other uh. the other thing that's uh, that was going on is there is a Chinese firm to buy a Smith uh, what's the name of the company? Smithfield, Smithfield Foods. Uh, foods. Thank you. Yeah. China's China's Shuang Shuang Shuanghui International will pay four point seven billion dollars to acquire American meat processor Smithfield Foods, said Michael J. Della Merced and Mark Scott in NewYorkTimes.com. Shuanghui, China's largest pork processor, will pay thirty four dollars a share for the Virginia based. Ham producer. The merger is expected to help Smithfield establish a foothold in China as growth in other markets slows, but the sale will likely draw close government scrutiny over Chinese food standards, even though the deal is aimed at exporting American pork to China rather than important to importing Chinese products. Well, here's, here's the thing that I have. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you what uh, uh, Smith, Smith, Smithfield, uh, they own Armour. Curly's, Corando, Margarita, uh, 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 Cooks, Healthy Ones, uh, Kretschmar, John Morrill, Eckrich, and Farmland. These are all name brands under the Smithfield uh, company, and it's uh, mostly pork products, salami, ham, and all this other crap. And the reason I'm saying this is because about a month ago, or a little bit more than a month ago, uh, China had arrested 900 meat companies, or 900, 900 people, I think, no, no, 904 people for fake meat scandal, right? So they arrested 904 people for meat-related offenses over the past three months, including a gang that made more than 1 million euro by passing, uh, by passing off fox, mink, and rat meat. As mutton, the country's public security ministry has uh, announced. So, uh, since January's authorities have seized 20,000 tons of illegal products and solved 382 cases of meat-related crime, primarily the sale of toxic, diseased, and counterfeit meat. I just want to <laughs> let, let me just, I just let me say let this. me add on to this. Please. Just don't buy anything that you have to eat from China. But, uh, you just you just shouldn't. yeah. But this is the thing. You're not going to know because now you have an American yeah. I know corporation. There's got to be some policies put into place where the origin of the of the food has to be merging. Put. No, 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 no. But here, here's the deal. Last week we we got into a big old debate about tipping, and we got into a big debate about how California passed a law that allows establishments to tax 
gratuities if they're uh, put in as as a service charge, mm -hmm. right? In other words, before you actually put a tip, if they actually include it in the bill. So California passed this 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 law. They they right? somehow finagled it. They in finagled there, yeah. it. No, no, they didn't finagle it. People are smoking too much fucking weed <laughs> out there. I'm telling you. Because here's the deal. Last November, they tried to pass. There was a bill to pass labeling, proper labeling of oh, foods, yeah, yeah, yeah. so is... that you so that you would know exactly the origin of your food mm -hmm. or what's in your food, right? And that did not pass, no. right? Which Fi is... 5,000 marijuana spots opened up and that passed, right? Right. The, the, the tax on gratuities uh, hidden as a service charge passed, right? But shit that's pertinent to your fucking health, that's the type of stuff that doesn't pass. So nobody's paying attention. Yeah. Well, the Nobody, food lobby is so powerful in this country and, and the, they're so in bed with the government and the medical industry. It's like a three-headed monster. There's been a lot of stuff written about it. I mean, the, the amount of corn in all of our products is oh, yeah. astronomical. The, the amount of corn is... They'll put is, two... They'll put two... <laughs> they'll put two <laughs> fucking things... No, they'll put two things on the same bill, and they'll say, okay, uh, you know, if it, it, maybe this wasn't how it was, but as an example, they say, okay, we're going to, you know, let's say yes if you want to put uh, the labeling for the, uh, uh, you know, for what is in the actual food, if it's, you know, where it comes from and all that, right? The the, the growers have to do that. But if you vote no, then uh, we have to chop your arm off, everybody's arm yeah. off. Like something ridiculous. They'll take something away to kind of even it out. They always do that. They did it with the, they did, they did it all the time. I can't even fucking think there's yeah. too many there's too many things going on yeah it's 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 about look that. at all but this thing that's going but, on with this monsanto or whatever that they're putting out they're genetically modifying foods and, a, a thing just came out today sorry to cut you off but or not today but right. a couple days ago that uh whole foods trader joe's 99 ranch all these markets are getting sued because they were selling ginseng and plum flavored candies tainted with lead coming from china and they knew about it well, well, but you okay. know what's happening right now? They knew about it, <laughs> Whole, or they're Foods? saying they don't know about Whole Foods. Wow. Well, but Whole you know, fuck food. Well, but you know why? Because you know what's happening, too, which is a little fucked up? Uh, lawyers. Excuse your language? Yeah, excuse your language. <laughs> There's a meter. It's the new lawsuit. There are, like, lawyers going around. Now that California... It's the new style! Now that California has passed certain, like, lead laws about, you know... Trace, uh, you know, certain traceable amounts of lead. Now, okay. listen, listen. There are lawyers with little meters that are walking around. To, that's all they do is they go to these stores and they go up and down trying to find the lead and, and then bring lawsuits against you. I know this because I used to date a girl that was in the clothing business and she, she would go to like a lot of conventions. And one of the things that they were talking about is uh, with manufacturing of goods because it's coming, it's all coming from China, India, Bangladesh, all that stuff and coming over here. And there's, there's, there's really kind of, in a lot of ways, no way for a place like Macy's or, you know, some Nordstrom's or, you know, to detect this, how much lead is in there. And they're getting wrecked. There's a problem. Our country has become a nation of pussies, okay? There's nothing wrong with eating a little lead, okay? Yeah, we should put a lead in no, your I'm brain. Just, I'm just telling you. I grew up in the projects. There were 30 years worth of lead paint on the walls. We all fucking snacked the back I, I, on a I couple of lead I think that says chips. a lot, though. No, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you, there was nothing wrong with fucking eating a couple of lead chips, okay? Back then, we had no Pringles. You know what I'm saying? We had no sea salt dusted fucking deep fried potato chips no crinkle cut potato chips we had lead get the fuck with it a little bit of lead especially in a candy there's nothing wrong with yeah, it yeah man the you fuck know. up i mean think about this for a second all these little pussified little parents with their pussified little kids like oh get them away from almonds like we none of none of that stuff happened when we were kids we all turned out fine we all turned out get fine get away from everyone's almonds. okay we're make, we're, our generation is way more functional than all these okay. little nitwits. Okay. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to move on to part two. John Crash Mato's interview. And basically, uh, where we left off on part one, I was asking Crash if he had ever, as, as a kid, is if he had uh, received encouragement from his uh, parents and this is the continuation. If you need to uh, listen to the beginning, please go to episode nine and uh, tune into part one of Crash. Well, that's one of the differences in uh, what I know about success and early success is uh, encouragement and, uh, um, you know, somebody uh, validating what you do. Right, yeah. And validating that, wow, that you have potential. Validating is, is, is a really good word. Um... 
especially with graph, um, people, you know, there are only few in the very beginning, someone like Charlie Ahern right. and Jane Dixon, right. who absolutely um, considered us peers, oh. which, was, which was like, you know, like, wow. I mean, to this day, I, you know, I, I say it openly that if it wasn't for Jane Dixon, you wouldn't be around. Really? How's yeah. that? Well, Jane Dixon um, approached me. Well, I met Charlie um, when he was scouting locations for Wildstyle. Right. I met him with Fat Five Freddy. Right. Um, and we met at a place called Fashion Motor. Right. Never knew what the place was, and I lived in the neighborhood. So I went to the place. I met him there. What What is Fashion Motor? Fashion Motor was a nonprofit um, uh, gallery um, in the South Bronx um, that specialized in in all types of art. Their, their Their whole theory was anything goes. Was, you know, it's very interesting. Very radical. Very, because uh, yeah. We're talking very, about, yeah. very radical because you're talking about the South Bronx. Yes. Most people don't know about the South Bronx. This is the early 80s, right? Like 82? No, we're talking about, they opened in 79. Fashion Motor opened in 79. Yes. And when did you become hip to Fashion Motor? When was this 1980 when? 1980 to 81. Well, 1980 because um, in 81 was when I, opened, when I did the, the, the Big Graffiti show. At Fashion Motor? Yes. Well, it's radical. That's a radical thing. So go, continue with Jane Dixon and Charlie and all so, that. So, so, you know, Jane was married to, uh, to, is married to Charlie, and we met anyway. So she asked me if I would be interested in painting an installation she's doing. She was doing a human maze, where she took cardboard and created a maze, and you had to walk through it to get to the middle. And in the middle, she had, like, a, a table with cookies and stuff, and you had to try and get yourself out. So it was a big maze. So I painted <laughs> all, the, all the walls and all the cardboard. Oh, wow. Um, and that was like my first um, exposure exposure to, to doing something within a space. And when, she, when they did the invite, you know, she had me in, in the invite with my name. I'm like, wow, check this out. Mm -hmm. So um, then from there, um, Stephen Ines, who ran Fashion Motor, uh, approached me about doing a show. I said, sure. But then I didn't want to do a show on, on me. I just had to do a group show. Mm -hmm. and, and so again, so if it wasn't for Jane, and then, you know, the whole thing I did, and then uh, the thing with Stephen Ines, we wouldn't be talking today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that is that's very radical because no one wanted anything to do with the South Bronx, and you know, at yeah. that time. Yeah, especially and and right about that time, Carter was leaving office, and and Reaganomics was making its thing. So it was it was a huge thing. It was a huge huge moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, uh, Google Fashion Moda, and that's M-O-D-A, and Google Stefan Eines, um, very important in the, uh, yeah. in the historical content of mm -hmm. street art, because it wasn't just you, it was no. a lot of guys, guys uh, like Lee, Keith Haring, Keith Haring. Uh, uh, John Fechner, um, oh man, Barbara Kruger, uh, Jenny Holzer, wow. um, well, Char John Ahern. That's, cr that's crazy. Yeah. yeah oh, Tom Adonis. Tom, I mean, mm -hmm. So we're talking about, you know, a who's who. And yeah, but a lot of people don't really know a lot, a lot about these guys. Uh, John Ahern has been my neighbor for God knows uh, almost 20 years or some shit here in New York City. John Ahern happens to be the twin brother of Charlie Ahern, who happens to be the director of probably the uh, quintessential uh, hip-hop movie encompassing graffiti, uh, breakdancing, <laughs> and rap music, uh, Wild Style. Wild Style. And, and how did you how did you get involved in Wild Stop through Jane obviously? Um, well, yeah, you know, again, we um, I was with uh, Charlie and we were scouting um, um, locations. And um, this is a true story. Um, the when Charlie started writing the script, he had told me that the script was originally written about me. Um, you know, it takes place in South Bronx. I had an older brother who was in a Vietnam vet, and I not. So the movie's the same type of thing. Um, eventually. I was supposed to do the part that Lee did, but I didn't want to do it because I wanted to be involved on Broadway on, on the, the Twilight Thought play, um, which was at the same time. Oh, right, right, right. Well, you guys actually yeah, painted. Yeah, live on Broadway. Live on, you, you guys painted canvases, the backdrop right, for Twilight Thought. Yeah, it up as we painted the, the canvas, unwind and go all the way to the top. So at the end of the performance, you'll see our names really large. Dope. Yeah, it was very cool. So, um... So that was happening at the same time as the movie, and I felt the Broadway play was more important for me. Uh -huh. um, and that's, that's why I did that. And, and they talked me into doing it, so they changed it up a little bit. But the actual storyline is based on me. Nice, nice. That's that, that's very interesting mm -hmm. because you could have been uh, uh, indoctrinated or, you know, 
etched as the main character oh. of the quintessential yeah. uh, hip-hop movie of our generation. Yeah. Instead, you chose to, to do, do something a little bit more sophisticated. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean... Well, yeah, I, I guess you could, say, you could say that, but that wasn't... It was just, I just felt, to, to me, the, the Broadway thing was a little more um, thought-provoking. That was a little more interesting. Um, right. I mean, to do a movie, you know... You know, my you, thinking is you could do, you know... That, any, you know anybody that. could do a movie. Correct. I mean, meaning you can do a movie anytime. Correct, correct. And, okay, and, yeah. and you, were, you were in our movie, Acts of Worship. Yes. You, you, which, is, which, is, which is awesome. But my, wife, my wife got you. She wanted to get everybody she could to do a part in, in the movie. And you, you're a guy on the payphone. Okay, and, and, and you wind up... I mean, you, you have a distinguished voice like myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so you hear your voice right away if you know... If those that know your voice... Oh, I know yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 um, I want to go back. I want to go back, and not to dwell on it, but just curious as to um, the the ramification. Mm, not the ramifications per se, but like the consequences of having to how you got your materials to do your murals on the subway so that people can know who you are. You stole everything. Um, the ramifications of that, well, it, it's, there's two ways you can look at it. Uh, one, you can see how easy it is to steal stuff and you become a klepto, you know, and start stealing stuff left and right, which a lot of guys did. And forget about painting and, and just say, painting. fuck it, the yeah. stealing shit is better. Yeah, because you can turn around and I can steal a, a sheepskin coat from like Herman's sporting goods store, go down the block and sell for 50 bucks. I'm like, yo, 50 bucks in 1978. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So like, oh, all right, so I can turn around, you know, buy me a couple of Adidas, I'm good. Next week, go out and buy, or go steal a down coat, mm -hmm. sell it, get me a leather jacket, you know, and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. I mean, we used to, we used to, I mean, from Steve's baby, we used to steal steaks. In, in, in the mid-70s. You mid used to steal steaks from where? In the mid-70s, um, steak and coffee became very expensive. Almost prohibitive in in, in, the, in, in South Bronx because no one could afford it. Yeah, it was crazy expensive. So we used to we used to steal steaks and, and coffee and sell them to get money and to buy paint. And go down the block like yo, coffee for like a dollar. That's funny because I did a, I did a, uh, uh, one of my episodes. I think it's episode two or three was about Tide. How people are stealing Tide oh, to go. sell yes. because Tide costs about twenty something dollars for a hundred and fifty yes. ounce yes. Uh, container, yeah. and it costs about twenty something. And the profit margin for the stores is only like a dollar or two, right. believe it right. or not. Yeah. But it's so sought after yeah, yeah. and not affordable that, you know... It's not. It doesn't make sense. Well, it does make sense. Yeah. It does make sense well, it because... it makes sense in terms of uh, making the money. But does it make sense that you're going to put something so, you know, and then try and sell it on 138th Street? You mean like steaks and coffee? Yeah, just like steaks and coffee. But 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 for instance, you go to Puerto Rico. Right. I don't know when's the last time you went there. Coffee is behind fucking yeah. locked cages. And steak is very expensive because, I mean, a lot of our family aren't, you know, made of money. So when So when... You know, you go to visit your brother, and they pull out steak with rice. You're like, that's like a huge honor because it's so expensive. Right, right. That's a Puerto Rican term, by the way, a Latino term. You, you're not made of money. <laughs> My grandmother used to be like, turn that light off. You're not made of money. That shit is hilarious. Uh, I don't know anybody who's made of money, Ma. Yeah, no one is. That, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. But that's you know that's a that's a very interesting socioeconomic uh, thing. Whereas you know things have to be locked up because as 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 a as a uh, uh, what do you call it as currency? You know, currency isn't just money. Currency is what you can sell. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's like it's a bargaining chip. Exactly. That's what currency is, a bargaining chip. Correct. So, like, if, if, if a pound of Bustelo coffee can yield me $2, right, Correct. I'll steal a pound of Bustelo coffee because that shit is easy to sell. Yeah. It's like uh, our big thing was also stealing uh, cheese. The, 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 the uh, government cheese. They just, they just, <laughs> yo, they, check it out. They used, to, they, used to, they used to give out these blocks of cheese that were maybe 18 to 2 feet, 18 inches or 2 feet wide. Right. And what we used to do, we used to steal it. And go steal it from the truck, or steal it from the from from where they stored them. Oh wow! And then we used to go to the grocery stores, and they would give us fifteen dollars, twenty dollars because they, they sold, they made the sandwiches. By the time they slice all that cheese, they'll make two, three hundred dollars in a day. <laughs> 
Yo, that's hilarious. Let's get that again. By the time you slice that block of cheese, you'll make two or three hundred dollars. That's a fucking huge piece of cheese. Well, think about it. What, what was what was a, a quarter pound cheese? Was what like dollar fifty? I have no idea. You're talking about two foot cheese. Because <laughs> nobody bought a pound of cheese. Everybody, you know, no one had mo- no one's made the money. Right. So, so right. you know, everything was like. A quarter pound salami, quarter pound ham, quarter right. pound cheese. Also, back then... There was no Swiss. There was white Americans or yellow American cheese. Right, right, right. And, ba- and back then, uh, uh, you pretty much bought what you were going to use. Correct. Uh, there were no leftovers. Right. You're not going to buy 50 pounds of fucking this, 50 pounds of that, and then, you know, two months later, you got to throw it out. We were, we, we, you know, our families were oh, very... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm like that to this day. I don't buy a lot of groceries. My wife does because we got kids, but... I buy what I'm going to use for the next two or three days. That's it. And then when it runs out, boom, we got more. Me too. And, and I'm a big fan of not throwing away food. I mean, my wife and I go out to eat a lot. And just, you know, the new thing is we've been splitting stuff. Because oh, cool. you can't eat a whole fucking steak. You know what I mean? Well, I could, no, but I'm saying it comes yeah, down to she can't eat a whole steak. Yeah. And then I'm going to have to eat her half yeah. and mine. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So, you know, you being yeah. Yeah, yeah. and being a little bit more conservative. Because, I mean. That's, that's being green. <laughs> It is being green, and, it, and, it, and it's being mindful and thoughtful of, you know, resources. Well, you know, remember they tell us that, you know, there's little kids in China starving. That's what we used to be told. You're not made of money uh, and yeah. eat all that because there's somebody who's starving in China. China. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? We didn't realize it, but kids are very conscious of that today. Well, they should be. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of just doing my part. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I remember when I was a kid in Puerto Rico, I was washing my hands. And I have the water running. Don't do that. And your hands, take the soap, turn it off, and then turn it back on when thank you're ready you. to rinse. Thank you. And my uncle said, turn that off. You're wasting water. Yeah, and plus, in Puerto Rico, they pay, we, we didn't pay water in New York until recently. So in Puerto Rico, you have to pay for everything. Right. Yeah. Right. So since that time, exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. I wet my hands, lather up, you know, turn, turn the water off, yeah. lather up. Same thing with a shower. Mm-hmm. I wet myself, lather up, and then, and then rinse myself off. I know it sounds crazy because some people love to stay in the shower for like hours. Five, five minute showers. <laughs> I, I, I'm, in, I'm in. I do what I got to do. As I'm out. And you know, my kids are like, I'm like five minute showers, man. Military. <laughs> that, that's hilarious. So now, here's the thing. You know, I, went, I, I went back to college i started college in like 1983 mm-hmm. and then i left college in 85 anyway i got a bachelor of arts in visual arts nice. and and i got that over a course of i don't know maybe eight nine years because i got it because yeah absolutely i got it but i mean the, the reason being was i started college i didn't know what i wanted to do it was a it was a, a community college then i got into an electrician's apprenticeship program i became an electrician then i went back to school i thought i wanted to do labor law and then that was not what i wanted to do no, and no. then i wound up uh taking all of my life experiences uh, within uh painting and photography and put it into a into a degree, but what I'm going to get at is there was a big big emphasis on art history, you know, to get a degree like that and to be an artist. And I was always of the school of thought that if you want to be an artist, um, just be an artist. Mm-hmm. But what? How do you feel about the the relationship between an artist and art history? Well, I think it goes hand in hand. I mean. You know, I don't think you have to be stooped into it. You know, stooped so into it. Step, stoop? Steeped. Steeped. Thank you. Because the stoop is when you say that when you play baseball. But the stoop is when you could be stooped into, too. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, when you're steeped into it. Um, I, I, I think it's important that you know some of it, because some of it is it's, it's incredibly important. But I don't think you should be motivated to take so much of it to your degree. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I sorry. Keith Haring. He had no historical, no, other than hieroglyphics. Thing, the only thing you could think of is Dubuffet, maybe, you know, someone like that. You know, and it's like, and that's like, well, you know, but, I mean, because it's, you know, sort of like that, that linear type of thing. So, he's a good example of that, you know. And the pop artists, you know. What, like James what, Rosenquist, what Andy Warhol. On? Yeah, what they mean on? They, they, well, a lot of them were like failed abstract expressionists, you mm-hmm, know, because mm-hmm, that came in. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they, they, they clicked, you know, something clicked in them independently and it just took off. So, I mean, now looking back, not when you first started uh, painting, right. um, 
and taking art as a serious thing, which I want to get to that in a second, because I believe you've always taken art as a serious thing, and I want to know at what point. But you you have a, a, a decent uh, amount of of knowledge on art history. I mean, you mentioned James Rosenquist, Rauschenberg. Mm-hmm. I, I know you you implement some of Lichtenstein's uh, uh, techniques mm-hmm. in your work. Um, and when I mentioned that you were an inspiration to me as an artist, I mean, I remember seeing your work, and I'm like, wow, that's exactly what I want to be doing. I love that. I love I love the way your letters pop, your colors pop, your 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 images pop. I love the way you 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 can't really see that image a hundred percent, but that it's part of the the whole picture. And you know, again, it provokes art. Like, what is that? Is that an R? Is that an I? Is that I supposed to mean this or whatever? And I love that. And 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 that's that's what I love about art in general. You know, when I first started uh, going to museums and looking at uh, even let's say Rauschenberg when he first started doing sculptures mm-hmm. i used to say what the fuck is that a yeah. paper bag right, right, right. with a rope on the floor how's that art right. but it's art because it provoked the question of what is that right i mean the the thing with me you know just i i i learned, i self-taught myself all the stuff about art history i mean when i i saw something like wow this is really cool i mean we didn't have google so i went out and you know went to the library and like try to figure out who this person is and learn about it because there's a symmetry Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then, like the pop artists, you know, with '60s kids, so that was part of our our right. our walk, you know, well, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't into uh, uh, the the minimalist stuff in the '70s because I was just interested mm-hmm. in that. So, you know, so you know, you, you learn all this as as you're going through life. Um, you know, it's it's like um, um, you know, you probably have a favorite writer or favorite poet. I love Robert Frost. I learned that about that because I saw something somewhere like, wow, this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Look it up. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's. If if you don't do that, there's an old saying, was it? If if you stop learning, you start dying. So it you know it's I think it's a point that you you need to broaden yourself mm-hmm. because if you stay in one spot, then you can't teach the world what you want to do. Right. In other words, you can't be stagnant, and no, the way no and the way, way to not be stagnant is to constantly right. evolve. Right. And the only way you can evolve is by learning and opening yeah. yourself up yeah. to ingesting different yeah. things and ideas. To. You have to because. Um, um, that's what humanity is, you know. It's 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 an everything, you know. And um, um, I can't, I can't sit and just like watch TV, you know. It has to, it ha- there has to be a point to it. You so mean I'm, you don't watch like the the world's retarded housewives no, of Mumbai? I, I, I couldn't even tell you who they are. Come on, no, man. I don't, I don't watch American Idol. <laughs> I mean, I, either. I've never I, seen I, one I, episode. The only reason I saw the voice. This season, because we had a friend from our church, this 18-year-old girl that was like, she made the top 16. Mm-hmm. So now we're texting her, yo, you did good, you know, so. Right, right. Uh, and she's out, so that's it. I'm not, I don't even care what's on anymore. Right, no, I'm with you on that. So, um, and I don't even watch sports because it's, you know, so much of it's corrupted and, you know, you know what's going on. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an old movies buff and, you know, and if something's interesting. I watch it. Yeah, yeah. I'm also an old movies buff. Yeah. Um, you turned me on to, was it Burt Lancaster? Oh. The movie about him being a priest? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Elmer Gantry. Elmer Gantry. Amazing. That's a good movie. You yeah. want to remake that movie. I want to remake that movie. I spoke to your wife about it. Why, why do you want to remake that movie? I love the movie, by the way. I think um, it's still... Uh, 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 relative? Uh, a very relative and very important subject matter because it's putting your trust in something. Putting your faith in something, and um, he's an alcoholic. He's a he's a he, boozer he, and a user. Right, and he was he was a, a, a yeah a, womanizer. Yeah, uh, he's a hustler. He's a hustler. Um, and that's that's everybody we know right now. So you know, I was thinking, man, we could do that movie. And I spoke to John, and he said, Yo, if you can make this happen, I'm in it. I'm with it. John, who? Uh, like Wizamo. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, man, we got to that point. I go, I spoke to some people with Smith Barney, and they're ready to back it. Oh, really? Yeah, we just couldn't get the right writer. Actually, that movie can be done for a fairly decent budget. So John uh, Leguizamo, he said he'll do it for 1.5 mil. And that was it. That would be that his was, pay. I, I back then. Doesn't he owe you money for a painting? Yes, he said. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Yes. I mean, he owes you money for a painting. You gave him a painting. He never paid you for the painting. That the value of that painting has, <laughs> you know, uh, quadrupled. Re- well, yeah. quadrupled. It's gone up about tenfold. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's him. <laughs> so you went to school with John Leguizamo in Queens? Uh, no, we went to a, a school downtown, Murray Bertram High School. Murray Bertram. That high school is no longer, no longer in existence, is it? Or yeah, still, it's still there. still there. Awesome. So from the South Bronx or from the Bronx, you went to high school in lower Manhattan. Which a person from the South Bronx never does. 
Correct. A, a, kid, a kid from the Bronx goes to school in the Bronx, marries a girl from the Bronx, lives in the Bronx, never goes to Brooklyn, rarely travels. <laughs> that's, that's Keep that shit local. Yeah, that's a fact. You married a girl from the Bronx? Yes, from the projects. From the projects. And you've been married a long time, huh? We're going to be uh, 25 years, yeah. Wow, 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, that was uh, that was uh, part two of John Crash Matos' interview. Uh, uh, tune in uh, next week and uh, uh, episode 11, I believe, for part three of the one-hour-long John Crash Matos' interview. Um, that pretty much... Uh, you know, uh, concludes the uh, Nestorious Public Radio show for today. You can check us out on our website, Nestorious Public Radio. So that's it, man. Thanks for tuning in to Nestorious Public Radio. Kick it live. Do your thing. Go to iTunes. Download us. Subscribe. Go to Nestorious Public Radio. Subscribe. Tell your friends. And, uh, you know, I might flip you up with some stickers. You know what I'm saying? Yo, peace. You want stickers? We got stickers. Yo, peace. <laughs> Talking shit, so y'all gotta like, you know, encourage me to hold one long. Ow. I ain't doing nothing but talking shit, so y'all gotta like, you know, encourage me to hold one long. Ow. I ain't doing nothing but talking shit, so y'all gotta like, you know,